0: Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. And all without saying, Wir können den Wind nicht enden, aber wir können die Siegel richtig setzen. Mm. (laughs) Mmm. Get boosted, you mugs. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Here's some culture up your asses. (laughs) I'm Nick Houghton of 40percentgerman.com, and I'm joined by my co-host, Simon
1: Maddox, as ever. Have you recovered from the festive frolicking? Uh, yeah, I mean, there wasn't too much to recover from. I, I had a good few on the 24th uh, with the family, but it, it was it was far from decadent or heavily boozy. But yeah, one thing that was was quite impressive, I, I took a, a case of beer with me, one of my favourites, a uh, Brow Rice Simon. Uh, from Lauf and the Pignets, it was the first time meeting uh, my my wife's younger sister's new partner boyfriend. I don't know what to call him, and uh, yeah, he turned up with uh, his own shot glasses, uh, which I thought was a pretty ball move for impressive. a family Christmas. So he wasn't like he, he didn't have the sweat, the cold terror of meeting the parents over Christmas. He was no, he was he was impressively chilled. I I was definitely more nervous, um, but yeah, he, he he speaks the language. <laughs> as a native so he does have an advantage on me there of course uh, but yeah it was cool yeah had some had some i'm not sure what alcohol it was but it was tasty and we also got to sample for the first time our very own plum vodka that we made when my mother-in-law oh, came right. to visit us yeah. and i have to say mm, 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 it was delicious very sweet uh so it's more of a liqueur uh, now but uh, yeah I'm, I'm happy i've got a litre of it downstairs and it, it will get uh, it will get enjoyed over the next over the dark evenings ahead did you have like a horrific hangover afterwards or was it all nicely measured it was, I, I did well. I, I can I controlled myself pretty well, I think. It was pretty well staggered, so a little bit of a sore head the next day. But uh, I didn't need hair of the dog in the morning, uh, mm-hmm. even with kids screaming. Uh, but this is the benefit of German Christmas. You do it on the 24th, and then all the presents are done, all the wildness is over on the 25th. You can just kind of relax into <laughs> mm. the, the second and third and fourth phases of Christmas. Uh, so that is the, the one bonus uh, to be had there, I guess, yeah. So that sounds pretty good. I mean, shots on the 24th. Well, there was, yeah. was none of that
0: happening in my neck of the woods. I gather from Twitter, you did wake up worse for wear on one day over Christmas. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I from the 25th onwards, I was on a, like a bacchanal basically. It was <laughs> just like <laughs> a Christmas fest of drinking. On the 24th, we went to my parents in law and it was very family friendly. I'll put it that way. <laughs> there was no alcohol. Okay imbibed at any point no alcohol i mean there was like there was like some schnapps but there wasn't no one drinks really so i I worked my way through that no it was lovely it was lovely (laughs) that it was a really nice time it was just very very sort of pg Mm -hmm. then on the 25th because we're doing britmas so i mean in the past it's not been unheard of to start a couple of beers like for breakfast Mm -hmm. basically but I, I held back knowing that I had to cook the dinner myself. And if I was out of the action, then Britmiss was on the rocks. <laughs> so I had to stay basically quite sober. Um, so we start, I started cooking. And then I think I just eased myself into it. I think it was around about 11. And I had to get the amaretto for something, mm-hmm. for something else. And I was like, well, I'm having coffee, aren't I? So <laughs> I started drinking amaretto in, in my coffee. Which is the right thing to do? Because it got me like leisure pissed. You're like a little bit pissed, but you're not totally in, like unable to
1: do anything. Or I certainly was able to cook. It's sophisticated as well. A shot of amaretto is is pretty brazen any time of day. But as soon as you put it in your so coffee, good. It's like, Ooh, honestly, man, it's fancy. Like, totally turbo
0: charged. It. I was like, this is this is really dangerous because um, it makes it taste really nice. It's quite sweet, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's it's the perfect I do like combination. Amaretto, yeah. So, and it's Christmasy. And so I was on that, and that's where I started. And I got, had some champagne for Christmas dinner because I'm a fly motherfucker who who does that kind of <laughs> shit. Now, I mean, it's the only time, it's the only time, like, and I was thinking about it and I was like, I can understand when I was drinking it because, like, you sort of shelled out a bit for it. Um, that's another tradition that we've started. Didn't used to, but I think we wanted to make last year special. And then my wife mm-hmm. asked about it this year whether we'd do it again. I was like, well, you know, it's the two of us, but it's quite nice to do, even if it's just me and her drinking it. And that's always funny because champagne, I think it's like, I mean, everyone has theories about why champagne gets you more drunk than usual. But I always assumed that yours drank champagne in in, in situations where you hadn't really had anything to eat, like just before you have dinner Mm -hmm. at a wedding or something like that. So everyone always feels a bit gassed by it. Yeah, you always feel a bit more buzzed. So that then we're on the champagne and I was like, right, well, since the champagne's on the go, might as well just start, start the beers. So I just had a few beers as well and sort of leisure drank all day. It wasn't like I wasn't furious or anything. Went for a nice walk. Mm-hmm. I filled up the hip flask and we went for a walk around suburbia to see all the Christmas lights. That felt quite Christmassy and wintery and was people walking past and sort of saying Frau Weihnachten and all that stuff. <laughs> and then what did we do in the evening? It was, yeah, we watched um, a night. A night before Christmas, but night spelled K N I. Yeah, I G H T. Some like Netflix schlocky romantic Christmas movie. And it was exactly the right tone. So I had a few drinks. And then (laughs) uh, my wife went to bed. And I was like, well, I'll just watch three episodes of The Witcher. (laughs) So I think I don't think I went to bed till like two in the morning or something. But I was like, pure breaking the rules. Do you know when you, you, you do that as well? When you overeat or you do stuff that you're like, to the extreme that you you maybe haven't done it before and you feel a bit bad about it and the funny thing was the day after Boxing Day I saw a tweet that said you should spend the days between Christmas and New Year basically trying to achieve absolutely nothing and you should be okay about mm-hmm. it and it's okay to like do absolutely nothing and not achieve anything and not like work your ass off and I felt like I've worked my ass off and certainly my wife has felt like that and it was funny I read that I think on Boxing Day and I was like that that's my ethos. And then yesterday we were having breakfast and my wife started laughing and she went, have you read this? And she held up the same message and I was like, that's what we're doing. That's all we're doing this the next few days. And she was like, yeah, that's it. So it's been good, like just not having any plans and sort of skipping from day to day and that's been pretty
1: sweet. That's more of a a Christmas gift than anything else, I think. (laughs) Yeah, going to bed last night, talking to the wife, like what are we going to do tomorrow? I was like, the only thing I'm doing is going shopping. There's nothing else that's that's, mm-hmm. that's my entire to-do list. Um I've achieved a bit more than that today. I've, I've watched some football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did, I, did, I did some washing up. Um but that was about the the length of anything I was going to achieve today. Well when you were, when you were a kid
0: were you like always a bit disappointed like once christmas day was over?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I probably was. Yeah, it is, there's a nothingness to the whole vibe. I mean, my, my grandparents would always be down from Yorkshire uh, at that time of year and they'd be staying with us until basically New Year's. So there's quite a lot of commitment to like entertain them and also show that the money my granddad had invested in my education wasn't for naught. All oh, right. So it's a bit like a test. Yeah. So I had to like be on, on good behavior. I couldn't go around effing and jeffin' carousing. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Cause I was thinking it's the first time, maybe ever that I felt like the benefit of having. This liminal space between well so someone said to me the other day, between the years. There isn't mm-hmm. much to achieve, is there? There isn't much to do. I suppose you could do like lots of we we try to do some gardening and we went to the Bio Recycling Hof and uh, it was closed. It's closed mm-hmm. until the second of January. And I was like, that's the like God telling <laughs> us like stop trying to do stuff. Yeah. Because stop trying to be proactive and positive and
1: use your time wisely and all the stuff that you're always told to do. (laughs) Yeah, I've looked at the garden. I had a little walk in it today, but I wasn't going to dig anything or... Scratch that.
0: I mean, productivity's for for next week or maybe the week after. I haven't quite decided
1: yet. I think one of the most productive (laughs) things I achieved was my nephew's got a Nintendo Switch uh, for Christmas and i definitely succeeded in whooping their asses at that so uh, i've now <laughs> laid down a new benchmark and that they will they will say my name with a dash more respect these days i'm sure yeah
0: i mean that's <laughs> that's got to be a highlight of uh of any christmas is beating people at the video games console that
1: they've just got yeah that's it's brutal <laughs> <laughs> they asked they asked to play they asked me to play it depends on who the kid is like, i've got um, yeah, one of our listeners back in Dorset, Tom, like when I played FIFA against his his lad, there was always a part of me that I didn't want to like beat the crap out of him at FIFA because he enjoyed it and it was nice. It was a little bonding experience. Um but yeah there are other kids where it's like i'm not going to take it easy i'm going to show you that there are levels to this i'm wearing the big boy pants here i think i think especially with a game like mario kart (laughs) well this is mario party which i've never done before it's not like a fighting game or something i mean the the element i played there were basically tons and tons of mini games maybe like 75 different ones Mm. Uh, so there's like a, a version of football there's like a volleyball tennis all the kind of average sports and then there's just all sorts of like mario twists on games like there's a sort of version of hungry hippos with tanks and there's a fishing one and yeah i i, I excelled at everything <laughs> <laughs> and i ended up being targeted by both of them uh at one point they were like we, we're gonna we gotta get him and it's like yeah suck it
0: there's true glory <laughs> in like beating kids at video games i think there's something to look forward to for i hope my daughter gets into video games i guess it's up to me to do that isn't it so yeah Uh, probably won't she'll probably start reading books and stuff and being productive god damn it i'm gonna be an awful father Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i'm pleased because for years like when the kids were asked about me um there's there's a video we have of they came to visit us in america when they were babies effectively very young boys and um at the end of the video they were like interviewed by their father and just asked some questions about it and one of the questions was about me and uh they just said he smokes a lot (laughs) yeah. <laughs> and i don't smoke anymore so that's good and i'm happy now that the memories will that either just say i've got a big beard or i'm really good at video games <laughs> and both of those i'm fine with yeah well, so that's, that's credit i'm making progress that's,
0: that, that's basically <laughs> god god worshipping sort of skills you've got there beard good big beard and good at video games that's what, that's what yeah. you want it's all you can ask for yeah what more could an <laughs> uncle want come on <laughs> yeah so i'm feeling I'm feeling pretty slow, not just because it is this little space between the uh, between Christmas and New Year, but because I think I think I may have overdone the whole stolen and cheese thing. <laughs> um, it makes you very slow it, uh, and, and I've had I, I don't I'm not prone to nightmares, right? And I've had seven of the most horrific <laughs> nightmares I've ever had in my entire life. and and the only (laughs) thing i can like there's a lot of variables changing in my life but one of them that is very very obvious is the whole cheese and stolen thing because obviously i bought two (laughs) stolen and my wife wasn't gonna eat all the cheese and stolen so i just ended up gorging on it and honestly i had like most of my i'm not a very original thinker when it comes to sort of night terrors so i basically just have horrific zombie nightmares like, like oh, horrific, God. like people I know with their faces hanging off, like chasing me down oh, the street. God. Yeah. Yeah. Like no one, not you, thankfully, but, uh, oh. cause I might not have been able to record a podcast cause I wouldn't be able to look <laughs> in your face. I had like a teacher I used to have at school, <laughs> like running on all fours after me for what felt like an hour, but could only have been like seconds, but I woke up and I was properly sweating. I was just like, I was like, damn you, Blue Bavaria, you bastard. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, the side effects, I guess. I suppose as well. I mean, I was eating it quite late at night. So, again, that's (laughs) on me, isn't it, really? But that's the sort of funny thing was I had that nightmare. And then the next day I was, like, obviously feeling a bit micey, And I was like, (laughs) should I? So I still got loads of Stalin, so I just did it again, and I had a horrific nightmare, and I went on until all the Stalin and the Stalin was gone, and then I was like, right,
1: now my now my watch has ended. <laughs> I just stopped. I'm sure there'll be a couple of listeners thinking at this point that you have brought this upon yourself, and this is some sort of German revenge, God. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's sort of felt like I felt like I was I was being targeted by by the fates. Like I des- I didn't feel like I didn't deserve it, but like I would do it again. If you presented me with stolen and cheese, I would give it another bash because, you know, <laughs> know, science and all that, who knows? It might've been something else. Maybe it's all the, uh, festive excitement. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Horrific. Well, I mean, it's, it starts something with me I'm currently on my third bit of Bavaria blue. Uh, my third block of it since, uh, we bloody held. Um, I'm not doing it with stolen I, I had some stolen over Christmas. Um, my mother-in-law, she knows I like it, and she she brought it. And one point she's like, "Do you want some stollen?" I was like, "Ah, oh, not not right now." And the look of sadness on her face, she's like, I, "I brought it for you." I was just like, "Okay, okay, I'll have some stollen." Like force feeding stollen into my gullet, even though I was so full. But yeah, I guess that's what you do for mothers-in-law that are kind. But that that happens.
0: <laughs> that happens, you know. There's like a narrative that you're not a part of. I think, especially, especially the partner in the in the relationship who doesn't speak the language mm. a language fluently i think it would be in the reverse if it was in uh if we were in britain but like there's a bit of the conversation that you've missed that would be vital to how you would make a decision and that that happens to me all the time like someone will bring something and i'll be like oh no i'm okay at the moment they'll say, oh, just, like your wife said you really liked it, so I just brought it mm. with us. And they look crestfallen, and you're like, "Oh no, sorry." And if you'd known that, you would have obviously the yeah. British politeness would have kicked in. You would have been like, "Yes, Ali, all the Stalin, my Just, just force feed it." <laughs> yeah, just 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 liquidize it and pour it into <laughs> my mouth, like, please. Um, I can't get enough of it, and so you end up like making massive gaffes everywhere because because of yeah the, the missing knowledge. Yeah, but yeah, did you end up eating some Stalin though? I did. I did. Did you eat it in front of I her? I did. Like,
1: mm, this is, <laughs> mm, lecker, this is, this f- is, Toller's stolen. Mm. The, I think that's, those are the exact words that came out of my mouth. Mm, like <laughs> the <Jensen laughs> stolen. Oh, danke silly. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah there's, a, there's a thing, there's a thing that is common in my
0: wife's family. So, it, and I, maybe this is German wide, but I, I, I've only seen it, in my wife's family and it, it definitely happens and it happened at the weekend what's what's normal for them is like you take the first bite of food and then you go oh it's really tasty mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the first thing you say and whereas in britain you would wait until you finished before you were like pronounced how delicious the meal was because then it would be more honest because you've finished it mm-hmm. haven't you whereas it feels a bit superficial if you do it after the first bite and like I went it was like three or four bites into the dinner on the 24th and my wife nudges and went are you going to say how nice it is <laughs>
2: said, come
0: on let me finish it I haven't even tried everything yet let me do a little lap of the t- of the plate and then I'll come back to you yeah the lap's got to be done I yeah. just felt it was really funny it just keeps happening yeah so um, recommendations are do eat uh, cheese and stolen do be aware that if you eat it late at night you'll end up dreaming about the most horrific nightmareish shit that's ever happened to you um, but it's kind of like it's just part of the course.
1: <laughs> I, I I have enjoyed the fallout of this. Uh Ollie uh from Cambog Barnhof yeah. posted uh, a couple of times with variations on cheeses. He's yeah. really he's running with this and it's impressive. And someone commented below, is this a British thing? Because decades was home and talking about it and it's like it is now it is now we're making it so you, you have started a new thing in the expat community where they all <laughs> think that cheese and stolen is just british tradition yeah. <laughs> I, I like it it's how it's how memes work isn't
0: it when people just take it i'm hoping in a year's time it'll come back again and we'll see what happens there'll be more people going mm-hmm. oh yeah it's cheese and stolen time <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll just have to see i'll might, I maybe i'll be laying off the cheese and stolen but i've got some uh Got some New Year's plans. Oh. Well, I went and I went searched because, because you know, how I've been doing cocktail Saturdays for the last few months. Yeah. And I was like, what's, what's the most traditional German cocktails? Like, what are cocktails that, that you would only find in Germany? So I asked Twitter, as you do. I got some very strange replies. But the plan is to make only, well, I'm going to do two German cocktails and one British cocktail. But um, mm-hmm. some of the replies I got, like somebody put rum and black tea. Schwarz's tea and rum and i was like that's not
1: it's not a cocktail
0: i just felt like that wasn't a cocktail i understand it's two drinks mixed together but i feel like (laughs) it's not and then somebody said a mexicana yeah and i felt like that i feel like anything you put in with coke isn't
1: really a cocktail do you know what i mean i mean i think if you have two spirits and coke then i think it's it can be a cocktail Mm. but if it's just a mixer with a uh, sign mixed with mm. curry, then it's not a cocktail. Yeah,
0: but there were some really good ones. I like the one that you sent us, but then it, I, it sent me down a, a rabbit hole of trying to discover where I'm going to find various different liqueurs because I think that's the key, yeah. isn't it? To to a lot of them, it seems to be. I thought there would be more more schnapps based things, mm. but i was surprised that, that that Germany doesn't seem to have a vast amount of of cocktails. Really, of like native cocktails. There's a couple that people have sent us, but. I was kind of expecting it to be sort of roaring 20s, you mm. know, like some mad cocktails, but a lot of them seem to be what people like to have is, is basically American style cocktails that they seem to be the most popular, but we hard. Yeah. It's Fayezang Bola, Erdbeer mm. There's one that's quite funny. that's called, I think it's called Chunk. Yeah. Chunk. Chunk, which is like a Mihito with Clubmate instead of sparkling water. It sounds quite fun. One called a just <laughs> Jägermeister and Clubmate. Cuz Clubmate's like this quite Is it is it a German soft is it drink?
1: Clubmate. I thought it was Club yeah, I don't, don't know. know. I've that never had
0: it. I have only know that it's got like a a, a finely behatted gentleman on the bottle. Mm-hmm. But um I haven't seen or tasted it. And I'm not sure if I want to taste it in the start of a cocktail. Is it not like, like it's like um, iced tea or something
1: like that? Well, because I th- I thought maybe I'm wrong, but I thought it was mate. Like there's a, a tea that is drunk all over South America, and that's called mate. Right, and it's like they have special cups and special um, straws that you drink it with because it like rests on the top of the of the mix. And I think that's what club Mate is it's basically the bottle version of that and it has like uh i don't know if it's highly caffeinated or it's got another stimulant in it so it's like a south american version of like red bull without the taurine mm. yeah maybe i'm butchering the name maybe i'm butchering the origin of it i don't know i'd believe you
0: over me at any point club mate sounds a bit like an 1830s holiday trip but only it's only your mates club mate come <laughs> to club mate or like or like one of those 0800 numbers that
1: yeah 1-800 numbers it is Mate according to wikipedia and it's yeah it's actually Actually made by uh, Luscher Brewery and it is German. Ah, right, okay. It started in 1924 and it's got 200 milligrams of caffeine mm. per liter. Relatively low sugar compared to others, but uh, yeah, it's basically German Red Bull. I yeah, guess. yeah.
0: <laughs> cola Weizen was another one that was offered. I'm not really into Weizen anyway, let alone putting cola into it. It seems like a terrible idea, mm. but people do like it, so rock on to them, I guess.
1: There was one they got recommended that had Asbacher in it. And Asbach is quite nice.
0: Well, do, do you want to hear what I've opted for? Mm-hmm. My 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 cocktails of choice. So I went for a British one based on a recommendation from a brother who I spoke to yesterday, and it's a Cherry Bakewell cocktail. Oh, that sounds Yeah. Good. Do you want to hear what's in the old Cherry Bakewell cocktail? Yes. Of course you do. It is. And this is the theme of the week. 100 milliliters of amaretto, mm-hmm. 50 milliliters of cherry cordial, uh, uh, some lemon juice, uh, some good quality lemonade. It says and mascarono cherries. But my thought is, if I'm getting cherry liqueur, is I'll just put the cherry liqueur in instead of the cherry cordial, and then we'll just make it a little bit more, yeah. a little bit more exciting. That's what I'm thinking. So that's the cherry bake. Well, then mm. there's <laughs> there's one that came up that somebody suggested called the German hooker, and I was like, huh? And it's called the Deutsche Nutte, uh, and I was just like, okay. Um, hmm. I'm not sure if I'm into like these kind of uh hypersexual names.
1: Yeah, like, uh, tonally- names that's-
0: yeah, like oh. comedy named Drink like the
1: slippery nipple and stuff like that, and like pff. I think the number one cocktail in sales last year in the UK is the porn star martini, which like, it's just of all oh, it just makes me sad that that's, that's what British people do. Someone recommended the skinny bitch, which
0: was vodka and soda water. Yeah,
1: that's that's just called a vodka soda. That's not called a skinny bitch. It's vodka soda. You Don't need to <laughs>
0: give it a stupid name. But this this is what it is is tequila ap- apple corn liqueur. And orange juice. Okay. Okay. Well, actually, that could work as a combination. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to give that a bash as well. And my final, last but not least, choice is the Black Forest Sour Cocktail. Mm -hmm. And this is, it's just like a whiskey sour, but instead of whiskey, you're using Jägermeister and uh, cherry brandy, Mm -hmm. pineapple juice, lemon juice, sugar syrup, and, of course, a white egg yeah oh sorry egg Egg, egg white,
1: white. <laughs> <laughs> we've only got brown eggs <laughs> you know
0: my brain hurts anyway and those so those are the three that i'm going to try out and work out which is best but again i was just surprised there wasn't more of a rich kind of like there was a really popular one that i think actually it's the one you recommended what was it the savoy the savoy affair i think is what it was called
1: yeah, savoy affair yeah that's it uh,
0: so yeah so simon you you recommended the savoy affair and it was it's a really nice mm-hmm. sounding cocktail actually it's it's got uh, champagne passion fruit juice lime juice lime and sugar and I was like, well, that that comes from Hamburg. It apparently comes from the Atlantic Hotel in yeah. Hamburg. And I was like, well, how come they produced this like quite exciting cocktail and the, there isn't any other cocktails? And I went down a bit of a rabbit hole. came across this guy called Joe Gilmore, 19th of May, 1922 to the 18th of December, 2015. And I was like, well, that's a well-aged gentleman for a start. <laughs> but he was the longest-running head barman at the Savoy Hotel's American oh, wow. Bar. He was uh, born in Belfast, mm-hmm. moved to London and he invented loads of different cocktails one of which was that so i'm assuming he did like a stint in 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 uh, the hotel in hamburg and invented this cocktail or they had him over and he invented a cocktail for them or something Mm. he was uh, and that was the thing is like why where's the german joe Gilmore? you know like where's the i was quite surprised because you do think of certainly when you see things like babylon berlin or Mm. cabaret and you've got this this sort of roaring 20s element and i thought cocktails are like obviously in america you had prohibition so maybe that's the thing is the reason you have so many cocktails is they're trying to hide the crap alcohol that we're making and so in in germany they did they had alcohol so
1: people just drink just give me a beer okay no problem and I mean, also you have such a, an incredibly good schnapps culture that if there's yeah, yeah, any fruits can be made into a beautiful, beautiful schnapps. And I think for the majority of uh, of uh, do they call them, Brenner, the people that make them, the Brennerai, I'm not even sure, but the people that run the stills and make their schnapps. I imagine if you then added coke to their schnapps in front of them, they would view it as an absolute cardinal sin. Yeah. And uh, so, so I think it's more about like the purity. Uh, of these, but when you posted it, the first thing that came to my head was a Jaeger bomb. a lot <laughs> about my relationship with German drinking. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not that's not what should happen. Is, is
0: a Jaeger bomb a cocktail?
1: Not really, no, it, it's, an event. <laughs> it's <laughs> an event. There are variations on it, apparently, like there's the atomic jaeger bomb and stuff what's an atomic jaeger bomb oh let's find out I, I saw the link and i was like i don't need to know yeah. what that is <laughs> and then your, d- your dumb friend asked you <laughs> an atomic jaeger bomb is just it's a normal jaeger bomb but you have one shot glass of jaeger and one shot glass of red bull and you drop them both into the to the red bull so it's just
0: so you got one shot of red bull and one shot of Jägermeister and you drop them into a glass of Red Bull. Does yeah. does the small shot glass of Red Bull not seem slightly redundant? It
1: is. It's entirely redundant. It's just a, a normal Jäger without that, no?
0: I thought it would be like absinthe. Shot of absinthe. <laughs> shot, shot of Jägermeister. That would make it atomic. So yeah, so that's the plan for, for New Year is to try out these cocktails and see how they go yeah i'm I'm hoping to have some good news material yeah exactly (laughs) or i might have gone blind we will find out it's one one way to entertain ourselves during the new year's celebration augsburg i was reading this morning they've got a full fireworks ban Everywhere, mm-hmm. So you're not allowed to let a fireworks certainly in the city centre. I think that if they haven't banned it, it's severely discouraged not to have your own fireworks event. And if you do, you're only allowed 10 people. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of restrictions. But I haven't heard as much all over not being able to get fireworks as I did last year. It felt like there was a lot more news stories about people not having fireworks. But as we said last year, good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they don't have fireworks. <laughs> yeah, the "I Am Germany" Twitter, which gets run by someone different every week, which has currently been run by uh, one of our fans, Ten, who's been very kind and and mentioned our podcast a few times whilst he's running it. He asked us as a question like, "Is it fine to, for the band to go ahead? Will you miss it, or uh, any other reasons?" And the majority of people. It's like, no, it's dangerous. That's the essence of it. I mean, obviously in Britain, we have a pretty strong fireworks culture. We have our, our 5th of November, which is the the biggest firework night of the year. But it's all like run by groups and communities in a very professional way. And I, I'd be interested to know what the data is. But people die every year. And hundreds of people end up in hospitals in Germany through through utter negligence. Mm. I, I think Nick, another fan of the show, mentioned that, yeah, it's, it's intimidating And that is, that's my big beef with it. Like, if there's no city in Germany that you could go to before on New Year's Eve and not have to worry about someone firing a fucking firework at you, whether it be on purpose or by accident, but that has only happened to me once before in my life, and it was in Cusco in Peru, and it was done by kids. And then you're like, okay, little whip, like, genuine children. And then you're like, okay, whippersnappers were bottle rockets. But when you got, like... 19 year olds with like high explosive bullen it's scary i do not miss it i hope it ends forever it's it's a a very weird part of macho culture in germany like look how negligent i can be with an explosive and i I don't see the upside at all yeah i could never really
0: understand how they managed to get to a point where it was just just acceptable for people who generally don't think about the ramifications of their actions to handle explosives and be able to direct them wherever they care to direct them but um i have a feeling it will yeah, come back well, i think it will be one of the the wave of, yeah the pandemic's over and now we've got fireworks back blah 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 blah. i think it's it's totally sensible i mean in fairness i'll be curious this is our first christmas and new year in the new house so i'll be curious to see how many people around us actually have fireworks it seems like the kind of place where people might store them so there might be some fireworks, but we'll just have to see. I'm just not, I'm not really surprised. I'm not sure how much of it is to do with keeping the hospital beds free. Mm. I know there's obviously intensive care beds are an issue here, but uh, I think it's more about people gathering. It's is a bigger problem and, and having lots of people drinking and not observing distance and all these things. And it, yeah, whether it comes back or not, I certainly won't be partaking in it. Because it's just—it just seems directed to like fuck you mm. up at some point. <laughs> Just—I've never, I've never, I've never enjoyed it. Any I've I've been here and it's happened, I've always felt totally unsafe. Mm. It, felt, it just feels really out of control, yeah. which is counter to what you kind of expect from the Germans. It's kind of like these are the two places where people lose their minds: or the autobahn, <laughs> and when there's fireworks. That's the two like and the two worst places to do it. It's like I only go crazy when I'm in charge of the nuclear weapons. Oh, okay,
1: great. The two most likely places to lose a limb. Is New Year's Eve with fireworks yeah. on the autobahn. The trash that it produces, as well, just like the detritus that's over any city for like at least three days. It's just mm. it's ugly. It's nasty. Less of it, please. Let's all just get really drunk. Can't we just all like link arms <laughs> and sing Old Lang Syne, and
0: everyone just have a groovy time?
1: No, link. We can't link arms. Oh yeah, shit. Um,
0: <laughs> right. Uh... Can we all shouting
1: and pushing? Can we all stand
0: <laughs> in our gardens and sing "Old Lang Syne" and wave? How about yeah. that? Do a COVID test and then link Hans. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> with with this coming up with New Year, do you uh, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Have you thought about plans for twenty
1: twenty two? I mean, I I want to I want to start losing a bit of this weight and, and getting myself into better shape. That's that's my main resolution. It's take better care of my health. I don't live a, a really unhealthy life, but there are definitely things I could do to to be better. So yeah, I've I've already I've given up smoking. I've I've been I've I've reduced my drinking heavily since the since my glory days uh, <laughs> of alcohol abuse. Trying to live longer is probably my new year's resolution. And avoid COVID if I can. I think. Yeah, I've I've done well so far. So let's see if we can do this again, another year, COVID-free. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm going for the third year in a row. That's the aim. Uh, mm. I don't actually have any, I don't think I have any particular resolutions. I just, yeah, I'd just. it be really good to not have a pandemic to deal with this time next year. That would be really nice. Mm-hmm. So, but I have very little power over that. I'm not really asked about traveling. I don't know. I, I feel like I've done so much this year. I'm <laughs> just like, can I have i I'm going to take a year off of having resolutions. I'm not sure if I had any resolutions last year. <laughs> i guess yeah i mean we all could be a bit healthier couldn't we that's just a going concern but
1: maybe don't eat cheese and stolen for another 12 months <laughs> well i mean there is there's of course there's always data on this kind of stuff uh and yeah my one of more exercise and improving your fitness is is the, the number one and then losing weight saving more money is another popular one at the moment for 2021 it's travel more one of them um but but, but it's not in the top 10 for this is for americans that's surprising Uh, so they've got save more money improve my diet pursue a career ambition spend more time with my family take up a new hobby something else so maybe travel is there spend less time on social media it's definitely a good one give up smoking decorate or renovate part of your home or volunteer and do charity work I mean, they're all, they're all very
0: noble options, aren't they? Especially charity work. I I don't know. I I feel, I feel like this, cause you moved into the house, like, well, there's always something to do. So different work to do in the garden. I just don't want to think about it. So I'm not going to make a resolution (laughs) about it because I'll go like, I'm going to do the entire garden and I get to. Uh, the 30th of December 2022. And I'm like, Oh God, I said I was going to do the garden. Oh, well <laughs> failed. And sort of set you up to fail. I, I kind of, that's the concern that I have for, for the old like new year's resolutions. I wish there was ones that you could just do that were like acceptable social socially to, to, to have these resolutions. So you could go like, I'm going to spend more days in my pants watching television this year <laughs> than I did last year. Or like, I'm going to eat, Gonna eat my body weight in M and M's one day this year, or well, like, <laughs> I mean, for me that would be quite excessive, like 110 that kilos of M and M's. That would be. I don't even want to think about that. Expensive as expensive. well. Expensive. I know. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna get the little, little brand M and M's. I'm not a fool. Uh, I don't want to break <laughs> the bank. It, it's all right to set like quite mediocre ones. I'd like. I really like to go to a shop and and find the product I'm looking for as soon as I go in the shop instead of having to walk around and work out what weird supermarket organization system I'm working with like having to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) like why do you have the butter next to the sugar? This makes no sense. (laughs)
1: because of baking i, I guess no because the butter's either.
0: chilled why is why is the flour in the refrigerator i don't understand this <laughs> shop yeah um yeah sort of mediocre ones i'd really like i'd really like to not get stuck in traffic <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> <laughs> just wishes now yeah, <laughs> just it
0: yeah it's like why not why why not have those i'll, quite, I'll tell you what i would like to do i keep seeing adverts for circuses uh, every, mm-hmm. Especially around sort of November, I think next year I'd like to go to a circus. I think that's a, okay. that's a good resolution. Next year I'm going to go to the circus.
1: Okay, yeah, I think that that counts as a resolution. <laughs> uh, are you going to go to Flick Flack? Uh, are you going to go on one of the the Barnums? I don't know.
0: It's always it's always the Moscow Circus seems to just exclusively like tour around my house and <laughs> like every six weeks there's another moscow circus so inevitably it's going to be a moscow circus of some kind i don't know if that they particularly do circuses better than anyone else but i'll give them a crack uh, they had a nice picture of a llama on their poster so
1: well, i think this is my concern about these traveling circuses i'm all for the gymnasts and people flying through the air and sword swallowing and the like but yeah the animal uh, welfare element is definitely the, the part that puts me off uh, Saying elephants in the circus is... I don't is think they have any cool. elephants that, that, that had camels, llamas.
0: I think that's what they've got now is basically, can this animal survive in the countryside of Germany in the winter? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, it's in. But you haven't <laughs> got any like Be- Bengal tigers or anything like <laughs> <laughs> um I mean if you want to see depressed animals just go to Augsburg Zoo it's just a fucking depressing experience all all all, all the uh, way around when I saw when you drive past them you, they've got like a well, essentially like a big a big top they have the big top and then they have another big top but it's got like open sides and you can see all the animals in little well, not little pens but it's like penned out areas mm-hmm. and they all seemed pretty pretty good I'm no expert on camels but the camels seemed pretty chipper
1: yeah, wandering around and sort of looking at the countryside and going there's, where the fuck are we? I'm not sure which which uh, circus is, but there's one circus that does like lend its camel and a few other animals to the city of Nuremberg. Well, I don't know if it's to the city. There's a stall near Weisserturm, and if you walk past it around Christmas time, there'll be a camel uh, sort of in a faux nativity scene. But this camel is definitely not from Bethlehem, and it definitely doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Um, really. <laughs> it's uh it's one of those cool things for a split second. Like, oh, actually, no, it's really shit that it's stuck in the middle of the city, papped by tourists.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They've also got like a quite a quite a docile donkey, if I remember rightly. Uh, there's like a donkey, um, a camel, and there's another couple of like a menagerie of things. But mm.
1: Menagerie makes it sound very nice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, so, so that's what it is. I'm going to go for mediocre resolutions. I'm going to have another think and see if I can come up with, um, what I'd really like is not to step on a piece of Lego when I'm walking in my daughter's bedroom in, in the dark, trying to stop her from crying. Cause that's happened four or five times in the last, last week. And it is, it is a horrible, horrible thing to occur. Uh, so. Is
1: it your Lego or is it hers? Yeah, it's my Lego, man. I
0: just love my Lego set. I got the Home Alone House. Um, I pretended it was for her. Um yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what I can come up with anyway. Hi everyone, Future Nick here. It's been a while since I popped up from the flaming hellscape that is the future. Worryingly for all of you, those stolen and cheese dreams I was having at New Year were actually horrifically accurate premonitions of 2022. The zombie plague is in full swing, and as the dead walk the earth, there are still regular protests denying the fact that zombies exist. They don't last long, of course, given the whole flesh-eating monsters stalking the streets thing. Anyway, you don't need to worry about that for at least a couple of weeks. I'm here to introduce a New Year's gift to you all. We have a previously unaired piece from way back in episode forty four, where we interviewed Dr. Sandra Janssen on a variety of language and linguistic topics. For your listening enjoyment, here is part of our discussion on whether Northern English dialects are dying out, and how German dialects might be an example of how to save them. Enjoy! Hey, Simon, hands off my crossbow. That's not yours, that's yours over there. <phone rings>
1: Right, now that we've looked at these differences, I'm here to ruin Nick's day and identity a little bit with this here article from The Independent with the headline Northern English Accents Could Sound Southern by 2066, Suddy Finds. Dun, dun, dun. Oh my days, I'm shook.
0: (laughs) Oh wait, no, it's happening already. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's beginning. It begins.
1: Um, Yeah. It's a pretty alarming headline. Well, I mean, it, it continues with more alarming news for you. It says, people from the north of England could sound the same as people from the south by 2066. The research published by the Journal of Physics, Complexity, found that southern accents are becoming more dominant over northern accents as time goes on. So, Nick, I am dominating you. How does this make you feel? That's not what it says in
0: the article. That's, that's I'm the, reading between the lines. Not what it says.
1: <laughs> It's... I just need 50 years and then you're mine.
0: Yeah. No, I don't. I, 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 is, it, is it though? Is that really what's going to happen? I feel like I read a, I read a study uh, when I was doing the, the, a bit of background on this and it said pretty much the opposite, that actually the changes were, were smaller and more generalized across the country and that there were certain changes to the way certain pronunciation might occur. And the Northern dialects were becoming more homogenous, but there were still Northern dialects. So I, I kind of feel like as soon as I saw that it was the same headline in the Daily Mail, the Metro, the Sun, all the other newspapers had the same headline. And I was a bit like, oh, right. Is it one of these studies that has claims that sound a bit more alarming than they are? But actually, I went into the study and it's and it is it, it is essentially saying that. But again, there's a lot of counter-studies that say say something a bit different.
2: Um, from a linguistic point of view, <laughs> um, this is a bit of a problematic study um, because, once again, um, it marginalizes certain groups, um, even though we do see some kind of pan-regional changes, <laughs> what we call pan-regional changes. So the North sounds more similar uh, in the different regions. So Cumbria becomes more similar to uh, the Northeast and vice versa. Um, but there are certain things I can't see changing. So um, Northerners using the short A ah in Bath is something so strong of a, of an um, identity marker that I I can't see that changing. Um but um i recently did a study um on the pronunciation of um the U in sun in the east midlands and uh, here we see that uh, this becomes in the east midlands it becomes more uh southern english pronunciation now um so and that is moving northwards slowly but surely so there are things that are happening which make dialects more similar Uh, but we also have the case of America where um, dialects were very similar for a long time but are now diverging because um, the dialects are not so old yet and they are developing certain regional uh, features now which they hadn't before. So I I don't think that there will be no variation. We will always have variation because there are different people with different ideas of how they want to sound. It will become more similar, but there will still be some kind of a variation going on you
0: weren't expecting that when you were trying when you were dreaming of dominating me were you if this was a wrestling match simon's standing <laughs> over is like ready to take us out and then Sorry. <laughs> in with a chair just smacked him in the back of the head yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't usually use west wrestling metaphors but then <laughs>
1: Feel, felt <laughs> applicable. Okay, so we know the study is problematic, but I'm having to no, no, it. no, 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 <laughs> no, I think it's I, 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 No, it's, totally, it's mental. I think it's great, right?
2: Ab- absolutely fine. Um it's it's something that's been shared quite a bit.
1: I mean, yeah, comparing the data from these two previous studies, one from the 50s and one from 2016, uh researchers from the universities of Cambridge and Portsmouth created a model to predict future changes in pronunciation apparently, and they found that words like strut, which currently rhymes with "foot" when pronounced by a northern accent, will stop rhyming
2: actually, a student of mine is uh, just um investigating that at the moment whether the vowel is exactly the same, but it's very close, whereas Simon's vowels are very far yeah, hard strut in phonetic terms, and
1: foot. <laughs> right. even if I'm being really lazy strut and mm-hmm, foot mm-hmm. um yeah. Yeah. And when I read this this in the article, I was like, how do those words rhyme? Like, I couldn't even imagine it.
2: <laughs> it's so funny because uh, this is a, a northern feature and linguists know about this. But usually lay people don't really realize that. Whereas with the bath vowel, everybody knows that one. So it's it's really, really funny. Yeah, bath. Yeah, yeah.
0: Bath and bath. And the same with scone and scone. That's... People got really hit up about scone and scone, <laughs> but it's they?
2: that's not north south that's um there you have different regions it's not only north south but uh footstrut and uh the bath what we well we call it bath trap um split uh, that's a very northern one
1: researchers attributed the change to increased interaction between people from different parts of the country. Uh, just like me and Nick. Uh, this can lead to a decline in linguistic variation because of what's called accommodation, uh, when conversation partners adjust their speech to better match each other. So, pet, <laughs> how do we accommodate each other linguistically? I don't know how we do it.
0: You've said before that you tend to match people's... I don't do that. I mm-hmm. I've, I'm, I'm terrible for it. I'm terrible at not fixing my own accent especially if i've been drinking or i've been to newcastle for a few weeks and i come back and it's just yeah it's just as as standard and people you can see people looking going "Mm, okay and you can tell when someone hasn't understood when i say (laughs) latte macchiato instead of latte macchiato you know
2: that is accommodation right so if you go back to newcastle and sound more newcastle again you accommodate to your the, uh, surroundings there, and when you come back to Germany, uh, you you know kind of lose those very regional features because you're talking to other people um, and you because you accommodate. So accommodation can happen very consciously, uh, but it doesn't have to. So um, that I tend to use glottal stops when after I've spent some time in a, in Britain. Mm-hmm. um and um also because i lived in america for a year as well uh, if i speak to americans i after a while i tend to do funny things then um uh, <laughs> but uh yeah sometimes we notice sometimes we don't
0: all through my my time in america i just was un- like no one understood what i was saying everyone understood my wife and no one understood <laughs> anything i said and i was just say like, this is ridiculous and i can't like, you can't turn it off it's not you can clean it up, but I can't. There's certain pronunciation points that, certainly, at the end of sentences, that are really hard. To- Why would
2: you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know, because you want to be understood, don't you? You want people to understand what you're saying, and you don't want to be in a in a place where I think it's really it's really unnerving for people when they hear an accent that they don't recognise, and I think it's unnerving for people when they feel like they're being confronted with with something that they're not used to. And I think that, and you find that in interactions, like just with waiters, you can see them just like wide eyed going, holy shit, what's happening now? Like, this is not something I was expecting. But I think that says a lot for the places I've managed to go on holiday are places that not a lot of people from the Northeast tend to go to. So,
1: I mean, it's not just a Northeast thing either. I, for the entire three years that I lived in America, not once did I get an order understood on the first iteration. Mm-hmm. I always had to repl- repeat myself, and I think that there is definite truth in that. That they would like they would hear me order, and they'd be thinking to themselves, "Holy shit, that guy's British!" Mm-hmm. Instead of <laughs> listening to what I'm saying, and then they'd come to the end and be like, "Oh, I, I wasn't paying attention." Um, But because I delivered it with confidence of a native speaker, and I I know the correct words, I understand American culture, I'm going to say this in the correct way, and as you say, the the eyes would glaze over, and they'd just be like, what? And I say my wife always, or pretty much always, successfully ordered, although one time on our first night there, she asked for a glass of water, and uh, the waitress asked, on the rocks, and my wife was just like, yeah, yeah. Hadn't understood that sentence. So I was like, no, 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 no. That's water <laughs> instead of water because yeah. she understood <laughs> vodka. Uh, so uh, these things are problematic.
0: Well, this is the Ws and Vs mm. as well, isn't it? Water, vodka. Yeah, you can see it. Water. Sort
1: of and weirdly, my nephew, yeah. who has lived in England his entire life, is very, very English to very, very English parents, says water a balloon instead of water balloon water a balloon because of an advertising campaign yeah
0: maybe it's like advertising yeah yeah, yeah. interesting
1: so back to this uh the story we're nearly done with it and it says as southern pronunciations become more widespread some words could disappear from the northern vocabulary altogether the model predicts that the word back end which can be used to describe autumn in the north of england do you, do you call it back end no. okay shaking his head so apparently it's already disappeared Yeah, that wasn't very good for a podcast. It wasn't very
0: audible. Nick shakes head.
1: There we go. Well, apparently it's going to completely disappear in the next 20 years. And it comes after the word fall, uh, which is used uh, to describe autumn in the southwest and, of course, America. Uh, And this has pretty much disappeared now. So are there any northern words we can think of that will fade away?
0: I mean, fall's a funny one because fall is how the, the Americans would talk about autumn. So it's dying out in one dialect and is, and isn't maintains a strength in a, in a completely different regional variation of English. So it's not like it's dying, but it's not at the same time in one area, maybe back end. I, I think it's, I'm thinking that must be the London interpretation of the North, which sort of stops around Yorkshire. So it's be, because I've never heard back end in the Northeast, certainly. And all the time i lived there
2: i but. i knew about back end because there was this 1950s um dialect survey and that's why i know right. it. um haven't heard it anywhere before used it in a tweet a few weeks ago
0: <laughs> yeah okay so you're keeping it alive <laughs> yeah <good>. trying to <laughs> well i think it's it, one of the things we talked about at the start before we started the record was that living in bavaria there's obviously a lot of dialects and Byrish itself is kind of considered a separate language being at least it's been given categorization by UNESCO i think as a separate language and so it's not just dialect it's it's like scots or something like that which is again it's a it's a different it's a different language but um you have a desire in bavaria to maintain the dialects that's interconnected with the schools and it's interesting looking at the last article that's like variations on this English are accepted and these other variations are not accepted. Or you have the homogenization of a dialect. I think I guess the the the, the Bavarian approach is the most sensible is like we need to save this particular style of of of, of speech. So we're gonna teach it potentially in, in, in the classroom as well as all the other variations the Hochdeutsch or or, or whatever or that you've got the regional speech of the area. There's going to be potentially a way of teaching it in the classroom that you wouldn't i don't think you would get in britain i don't think i think if anyone started teaching geordie dialect or started teaching cornish dialect you would probably get some kind of alarmist news story about degrading
1: of the quality of education i'm sure it does happen in cornwall though thinking of that as those examples because they are there is that cornish independence movement and so i think it probably does happen in some cornish schools yeah but it's probably not officially supported by the and state. I, d- I know,
0: obviously, Welsh is taught in Wales, which is, again, a completely different language mm. with some connection to, to, to English. I don't know if they teach Scots, and I think they teach Gaelic in the north of Scotland, but I don't think they te- teach Scots because it's still it's still considered
1: by a lot of people to be just a variant of English. Wasn't there a problem as well with Scots that there was one contributor to the Scots wiki turned out that he was <laughs> yeah. an American who didn't know any Scots, and he just made up...
2: Uh, the, the- well the issue about what is a language what is a dialect is more a political one than a linguistic one yeah um and mm. um if there is a unesco status that a way of speaking is a language means that they get some money to save it in one way or another yeah mm. but uh if it's The the question about saving, what are we saving? So what you said about a very particular way of speaking is safe, but not all the other variation and language is always varying. So um, again, some people might be marginalized or feel marginalized because their kind of Bavarian is not safe, Mm -hmm. but another way of speaking Mm. Bavarian. So this is a whole... Um, issue that you know linguists are discussing um at the moment as well when it comes to um, saving indigenous languages as Mm -hmm. well um it's becoming more and more an issue um, to not marginalize um, the people that are involved
0: with bavaria having such diversity the joke is obviously you could go to the next village and they'll have a different variation but Probably not the next village, but the next, next village. You know? <laughs> like there there is, does feel like if you keep from city to village, there's a difference mm-hmm. from uh, two hours down the road to Franconia. We'd get some difference. If I moved north, I'd get a difference. If I went to Munich, I'd get a difference. And I think there's, there is uh, the Oberfels. I mean, you could just list areas where we know there's a lot of accents. So the, the, there is a lot of, there is a lot of variation. And I think I wonder if it's even possible to save all those variants but i mean that's maybe a question for for another podcast <laughs> yes, <laughs> how do we save definitely. all the variations <laughs> but i think yeah it's super interesting the uh the attempt at least uh to educate teachers and do workshops on language that isn't necessarily conforming to the standard educational stereotype but i think that's really interesting but
1: Hello zusammen, before we say goodbye, I would like to say on behalf of Nick and myself a very happy new year to you and a very big thank you for letting us be a part of your 2021. Fingers crossed for a better 2022 because it's been a shower of shit, but rest assured there'll be another 50 plus episodes heading into your ear holes. A big thank you to Sturger, German at Portsmouth, Lady Blackadder, Al, Steve and the Ultras who all retweeted or shared the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on iTunes, which only takes a minute and can really help us. You can also now give star ratings on Spotify. So please do chuck some stars our way on there if you feel so inclined retweet us, share a link or post with the hashtag DecadesFromHome or lowercase on Twitter or Instagram. You can also support the podcast by going to coffee.com, which is ko-fi.com forward slash decadesfromhome and contributing to keep us well stocked in tea, beer and fireworks. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet me, Simon, on at decades from Home, and you can tweet Nick at 40 Percent German. You can also get to us at 40%German at gmail.com, and if you have time, take a look at 40%German.com. Weekly articles are up every Saturday. All left to say is, guten and bis zum nächsten Mal.